0: All right, good morning. Hey, Valley Creek, how are you? It's good to see you. Let's take a moment and welcome in all of our campuses, whether you're watching in Flower Mound, Venue, Denton, Louisville, online, maybe an extension site, wherever you are in the world, we're really glad that you're here. Let's welcome each other together. As we continue on with our series called Abnormal, for the last few weeks, we've been learning about how what is normal in the world is abnormal in the kingdom of God. And what's normal in the kingdom of God is abnormal, is weird, maybe even a little strange, to how the world sees it. We've been learning a better way to live. Jesus shows us a better way to live. And as I was preparing to talk with you guys, this thought kept going through my head all week long. Isn't it interesting that Jesus was never worried, hurried, stressed, or filled with regret? Jesus was never worried, hurried, stressed, and he was never filled with regret. He was never worried about content for the next time he's going to preach the Sermon on the Mount. He was never hurried through busy market crowds preparing for Passover. He was never stressed on his commute from Galilee to Jerusalem. I don't know what that commute would look like. Probably donkeys. Uh, But he was never stressed or worried. One of the most unique things about Jesus wasn't his ability to just gather a crowd or lead the disciples or even to do miracles. One of the most unique and amazing things about Jesus was his ability to live in the present to be fully present you see he was never fearful for fearful for his future he was never stuck in regrets of the past so how did he do it how was Jesus fully present how did Jesus live every moment in the moment and how do we You ever seem to notice how we swing back and forth on this giant pendulum between completely overwhelmed and utterly bored? Like completely overwhelmed, like, oh, my work, travel schedule, preparing for the holidays. How am I gonna make it through this week? And then utterly, oh, I'm so bored. I'm like gonna, I'm so bored. I'm gonna watch like 54 days of Netflix in a row, bored and we just swing back and forth in our life on this giant pendulum, and we think that we're stressed out because of mortgages, and we think that we're hurried because of schedules, but in reality, it all has to do with one simple problem. We're not fully present. We don't live every moment in the moment. There's gotta be a better way, right? Jesus modeled a better way to live without worry, not in a hurry, not stressed, not filled with regret. Man, what would that be like? Well, Jesus's brother James gives us insight into how he lived every single moment, how to be fully present, and he would know because he was there and he saw him do it firsthand. Here's what James tells us in James 4.13. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're like a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we'll live and do this or do that. Wow, James, that is depressing. (laughs) Thanks for the encouragement. Short life, then I die. I'm going to go home and put on my stretchy pants and watch a Hallmark movie and eat some ice cream. (laughs) No, really, what's James trying to tell us here? What's he trying to say? Well, he's giving us insight into how Jesus lived, and Jesus lived very different than the world. James is telling us that how we live every single day should look different than how the world lives every single day. He tells us that living each day one moment at a time is abnormal in the world, but it is the normal Christian life. Because how does the world live? The world lives worried about the future. The world lives hurried everywhere they go. They're stressed out in pretty much every area of life. But the kingdom of God is different. It's marked by faith, hope, and love. Faith that he has redeemed my past. Hope that he holds my future. And love for my current life, including all of those who are around me. Jesus shows us a better way to live. Jesus shows us how to be fully present. And being fully present is the key to being fully present alive some of us are really good at letting go of the past some of us are good for planning good about planning for the future very few of us know how to live present we're not very good at living each moment in the moment so jesus invites us to a better way to live each moment in the moment being present when we're present so here's what i'm going to do i'm going to give you three thoughts on how to live a fully present life and can i just tell you there's been entire times of my life in which i felt like i was a spectator from the outside looking in. Like, life was happening, but I was watching it happen to me. And I wasn't actually there, I was watching something else kind of play out. So can I ask you, are you here? Like, are you here right now as we're having this conversation? Because Jesus invites us to be present right now, one moment at a time, each time. Okay, so three thoughts on how to be present in our own life. Here's the first one. You gotta let go of the past. You gotta let go of the past, because the past can be a hook that wants to drag you out of the present. And James knows this, he knows we all got a past. In James three two he says, we all stumble in many ways. Like we all got stuff, we all got a history, we all have a past, and some of us have a past of what we've done, some of us have a past that comes to our mind of what's been done to us. And so shame and guilt starts to take over. Guilt for what I've done, shame for maybe what's been done to me. But can I just tell you, You got to let go of the past because Jesus has redeemed your past. He's redeemed it. He bought back the whole thing. You guys remember the story of uh, Paul. He used to be named Saul and boy, Paul had a past when he was named Saul. He was not a very nice dude. He would mock and he would persecute and he would kill Christians. And so he, people knew who he was. They knew what he was about. I'm just saying, you don't want Saul coaching your kids soccer team. All right. So, because he had some issues. And so, when he finally met Jesus on the road to Damascus, the Christians that first met him were like, oh, no, 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 we know this guy. We know what his past was like. Like, don't you remember he tried to mock and persecute and and try to kill us all the time? Like, no, 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 no. And so, even in his own life, in his new life with Jesus, his past was a hook that was trying to bring him back out of the present. But instead, Paul knew who he was, and he knew that Jesus had redeemed his past. In fact, listen to what he says in 1 Timothy 1. He says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord. He's given me strength that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me so abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Paul let go of the past and we can too because Jesus has redeemed your past. But man, that is hard. But here's the problem. Those that are stuck in the past are paralyzed in the present. If you're stuck in the past, you're paralyzed in the present. And most people try to either pay off or push away their past. Here's what we do. We try to pay it off. Oh, if I just do enough serving a church, if I just give enough money, if I just do enough volunteer hours, if I'm just a good enough person. And so we set up these scenarios to try to pay off our past. Or we try to push it away. Oh no, no, I don't wanna talk about that. Let the past be in the past. I don't wanna even bring it up. Let's pretend like it never happened. But think about that. Satan loves those strategies. He loves for you to try to pay it off or try to push it away. Why? Because he wants you to focus everywhere else except for who and what's right in front of you, because you can only change the present. You can only change the present. The past has already occurred. The present is the place where Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So listen, your previous relationship might have ended badly, but what does God want to do in your current relationship? Students, you might have been isolated and disconnected and felt like you were depressed all the time, nobody cared about you, but who does God have for you right now in the present, in this season? Business people, your former business dealings might have only been about bottom lines and squeezing out profits and maybe even by unethical means, but what does wisdom and integrity look like now in the present? Satan doesn't want you to let go of your past. He wants you to wallow in it. So can I ask you, why do you feel the need to keep rehearsing it? Like, why do you rehearse it over and over in your mind? That thing, what you did, what was done to you. Satan doesn't want you to let go of it. He wants you to wallow in it. That's exactly what the Israelites did when they came out of Egypt. They were freed from 400 years of slavery. Freed from Egypt, through the Red Sea, Onto the promised land, and yet they kept rehearsing it in their mind over and over and over. Oh, we were better off when we were making bricks. We were better off when we had food every day. You brought us out here to die. We would have been better to just keep being slaves over and over and over. And the worst part was they were free, but they still thought that they were stuck. They weren't stuck back there. They were stuck in here, in their own minds, because they kept rehearsing their past the saddest part was it had been washed away in the Red Sea, but only a few of them ever moved forward. Your past has been washed away by Jesus. It's time to start moving forward. Job 17:9. the righteous keep moving forward, and those with clean hands become stronger and stronger. In Christ, that's you. When the Father looks at you, he sees clean hands and a clean heart, so it's time to start moving forward. You're becoming stronger and stronger. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, you got to let go of it. Don't try and pay for it because Jesus already did that. Don't try to push it away because it's part of the story that he's writing in your life. It does not define you. you got to let go of the past. Learn from it, but let go of it. Because Jesus invites us to a better way of living. Don't let your past regrets keep you from today's opportunities. So can I just ask you this? Where are you living in your past? Like in this season, when you keep rehearsing over and over, what keeps coming back to haunt the present? All right. So we're discovering how to live in the present. We let go of the past. That's the first one. Here's the next one. You trust God with your future. Because he's the one that holds it so you can trust him. See, James had seen Jesus talk about what it was like to not worry and to live with the confidence of the future. Here's what he actually says in Matthew 6, 31. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Listen to this, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You know why Jesus said it like that? Because Jesus lived it like that. He literally walked around each day having confidence that he could trust God with his future. He wasn't afraid of angry crowds. He wasn't afraid of the Pharisees. I mean, think about this. Jesus was homeless. So Jesus, the homeless guy, is telling us not to worry about our life. Not to worry about what you're gonna eat, what's gonna happen. Listen, he didn't even know who was going to try to kill him that day. He already knew that every day had hardships, and yet every single day had the love of his father yeah. so he could trust him. Every day we can trust God with our future. Every day we can believe that God is not only good, but he's good to me. Yeah. God is not just good. He's good to you. That's right. He's with you. Your worry steals your present And it makes you fearful of your future. When we worry, it steals our present. It makes us fearful of the future to come. But what if? But what if this happens? Then this could be the outcome. Then what it'll be like? Can I just ask you? What were you most worried about three years ago? How about this? What were you most worried about three months ago? What were you most worried about three days ago? Because I'll bet you you can't remember. And even if you do remember, and even if that thing happened, what did you gain by worrying? Scriptures tell us we didn't add one more moment to our life. You're still here, and God is still good. Ultimately, because Jesus wasn't worried about the future, he never missed a single moment of his life. What did you miss out on moments of worry? Because I know what I did. In spring of uh, 2011, I I had this situation where I didn't know what was going to happen with my job uh, that I had in corporate America. I was in uh, in sales and acquisitions, and so it was some consolidation that was going on inside of my company. And I didn't know what was going to play out in the next season, and I knew that they were going to be kind of shifting departments, and what does that mean for me? And then I started to go down this path of worry, and then I was thinking about it all the time. And ultimately what Jesus had planned was so much better than what I could have imagined. Like I couldn't have seen it coming. But I missed so much in that season. I missed time with Carrie, my wife. I missed time with my kids. And I ultimately think I missed so many things in that season because I was so filled with worry. I almost ran into the platform, I was so excited. (laughs) I missed a lot. Because here's the thing, I was there, but I wasn't actually there like I was in the room but I wasn't actually present are you missing life in front of you right now you see worry is an active state of mind that creates a passive state of being because like I said before I become a passenger in my own life like I'm out there somewhere I'm not actually here but can I just tell you you're not a passenger in your own life you're a co-pilot and Jesus is the pilot and you're flying together you're doing this thing together, and when you're only a passenger, you miss the opportunities in your life to experience the good that's right in front of you right now, catch this. James four seventeen says, anyone then that knows the good that he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. So we think that sin is all those bad things that I do, but James is also saying it's all the good things that I don't do, why? because sin is just missing the mark. And so when I miss chances to do the good things that Jesus has prepared for me in advance to do, I'm missing his best mark for my life. So we worry so much about the future, we miss the chance to do the good that's right in front of us today. We wonder if the future will be good, and then we miss doing the good right now. Like you can love your spouse today, You can do good to your spouse today through words, through encouragement, through serving them. You can play with your kids today. You can get down on their level, and you can talk with them, and you can laugh with them, and you can remind them. And when they talk to you, they can talk to a good father in heaven. And it's the same kind of conversation. They don't have to be afraid. You can disciple somebody today. You can commit to it. You can schedule it. You can pray through it. If you're here today and you're living in a constant state of worrying, and you're wrestling every day for control, then today is the day to surrender. Because you can worry about the world around you, or you can worship the God in you, but you can't do both at the same time. You can worry about the world around you, or you can worship the God inside of you, but you can't do both at the same time. It should be abnormal for the people of God to worry like Jesus isn't in control, because he is. And he knows what you need, and he knows when you need it. Earlier in James when it said, if it's the Lord's will, well, we already know what the Lord's will is for your life. It's Jesus. Jesus is God's will for your life. So you look to Jesus, who who knows your past, who holds your future. On some level, we do way too much worrying about the things that don't matter, and we do too little planning for the things that do. So can I ask you, what are you worried about right now? Can you choose to trust Jesus with that? Because God is good, and he can be trusted. And God is good to you, and he can be trusted. So we let go of the past. We trust God with the future. Here's the last one. We embrace the moment. We embrace this moment. Like this one right now. Life goes so fast, right? Like so fast. And it seems like the pace of the world is speeding up and yet our relationships are dragging behind. How is that even possible? Like we're the most connected we've ever been as a society and we feel the most disconnected. How is that possible? Something's wrong. It's like the whole system of this world is built to keep our minds focused on the regrets of the past and the worries of the future instead of the people that are right in front of us right now. So we embrace the moment. Isaiah forty-one ten. Fear not, for I am with you. God is with you. God is with you. I'm with you in this moment. He says, in every other moment in your life, and when you embrace the moment, you're being embraced by Jesus in that moment. Like the moment when you woke up this morning, and you opened your eyes and it was a sunny day, praise the Lord. And you said, hey, to a loved one, or you got ready to come here so we could be together. And you walked through the doors of this place and somebody smiled at you and greeted you, that moment. And and maybe somebody genuinely talked to you and and genuinely cared how your week was, that moment. When we came together as a church and, and we celebrated and we worshiped and we lifted up Jesus, that moment. You see, what we're doing every single weekend is we're practicing for one hour every other moment of our week. We're practicing being present in his presence so we can work through all the other moments of our week. And by the way, when we worship, we're practicing in that moment for every other moment of eternity so we can embrace the moment, this moment right now. You remember when Moses was nervous to talk with Pharaoh and he was nervous to talk with the Israelites and he's like, oh man, I don't know. What, what am I supposed to say? Like, who am I supposed to say sent me here? And then God tells him in Exodus three, I am who I am. That's what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. So catch this. God says to Moses, I am and I will be everything you need me to be in this moment. You need provision, I am the provider. You need healing, I am the healer. You need hope, I am your hope. You see, God's name is in the present tense because that's where he is. He's present. Are you? He's not called the great I was. He's not called the great I will be. It's the great I am, like right now. I am here, I am present, and I can presently be whatever it is that you need me to be. So life goes so fast. That's what James is begging us to remember. We're a mist, we're here, and then it vanishes. That's why sometimes when you're watching a movie, and there's like a, there's like a montage scene where you got like a little kid, like kicking a soccer ball in the yard with dad and then going to the backpack to school. And then he grows up and goes to college and, and gets married. When you watch those scenes, sometimes like something strikes your heart and, and, and you get emotional and you connect with it. It's because we all know on some level, the whole thing goes so fast. So we got to embrace the moment. We have to embrace the now. Psalm 90 verse 12, teach us to make the most of our time that we may grow in wisdom. Catch what it's saying. Embrace every moment of every day like it could be your last because it could be. And when you live life like that, it's wisdom. Wisdom is telling us to embrace every moment. They say that life happens 24-7, right? 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Here's a question for you. What would you do if life was 25 eight, what would you do if you had 25 hours a day, eight days a week? You're like, oh, that'd be awesome. Would you, would you do your hobby? Would you spend more time working, getting caught up on work? Would you have relationships with people, spend more time hanging out? Uh, would, you, would you just veg out? Like, I just, like, veg out, I could just see some time to just be. Um, a lot of people, I think, would answer that question, like, I would sleep. I would keep sleeping. I would catch up. I'd be sleeping for days. Well, at least one extra day. I'd be sleeping. Because here's the thing, however you answer that question, whatever you would do with the moments you don't have tells us something about what you do with the moments you do. What you do with your extra hour and your extra day reveals something about how you currently spend the moments you have. So. What are you doing with the time you have? In this season, what are you doing with the time you have? Because Jesus made great use of the time that he had. Jesus embraced every moment by embracing every person in that moment. It's the craziest thing. Jesus had like 33 years to change the world and he'd go up and he'd be playing with a little kid. Like, you gotta go, Like, you gotta change the world. But he'd play, he'd be in that moment with them. He had three years to do ministry, and he'd walk like 20 miles to go heal somebody. Like, and then, what? Wait, where are you going? And at the end of his life, in his last moments, he looks down from the cross and says, John, this is your mother. Mother, this is John. Take care of each other. And he embraced that moment by embracing the people in his life in the moments. Guess what else? Jesus is embracing you in this moment, right now. He's inviting you to do the very same thing. See, our life runs on this crazy pendulum between completely overwhelmed and utterly bored. (laughs) I know I've been there, I know I've felt that. Maybe a lot of times you feel hurried, worried, stressed. You live with regret. Maybe you feel like your life is like duh, like boring, like I'm just so bored. But in either of those situations, when you understand what life with Jesus truly is, you will understand that it's a life of adventure. And so living with him moment by moment, being present when we're actually present, is a life of adventure with Jesus. When you know whose you are and where he's leading you and what you're called to do, you can enjoy the journey. You can be fully alive today. You can come fully to life right now. Psalm 118:24 says, "This is the day the Lord has made; we will rejoice and be glad in it." This is the day the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and we'll be glad in it. This is it. It's only today. It's only right now. James tells each one of us that how we live should be markedly different than the rest of the world. And if all that crazy out there is normal, I'm ready to be abnormal, strange, and weird. Can I get an amen? Amen. Come on. Because all that, all that out there, the worry, the hurry, the stress, the regret, there's got to be a better way. Jesus shows us a better way to live. Jesus models for us a better way to live. And if you're in christ by the way you get to model that to others and i am convinced if the church can get this if we can live in present-based living the world will take notice because they're desperate to live in the moment they're done with the regrets of the past and the worries of the future they're desperate to live in this moment if we can model that to those around us we can show them how to become fully alive and people will take notice but we got to let go of the past We've got to trust God with the future, and we've got to embrace this moment, this one right here, the one where Jesus is here with us. There's a lot of movement right now in society about mindfulness and thoughtfulness. You might have heard the phrase like being centered. Listen, that's fine. You, you can be centered. It just has to be that Jesus is at the center. <laughs> like that's it. So you let go of your past. You trust God with your future. You embrace this moment. Because the great I am is in this moment. So that makes it a great moment. It's not the great I was, not the great I will be, the great I am right now. So will you just uh, bow your head and close your eyes with me? We're going to take just a few moments to practice this. But let me start by asking, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What's he speaking to you right now? Sometimes when you're listening, it comes in the form of just... Um, It's a still small voice that kind of feels on the inside. Just remember that if that voice carries uh, shame or condemnation or fear, it's not the voice of the Lord. Maybe just on your lap, you could take your left hand and just open up your left hand as a sign of letting go of the past. Because Jesus has already redeemed that Maybe with your right hand you could just open it up and that's full surrender to trusting God with the future. Two open hands. And now you can receive this moment. And Now you can receive the one that made the moment. And now you can focus in on the great I am. The one that's with you. Isaiah 41, fear not for I am with you. God is with you right now. Like he was with you yesterday. Like he'll be with you tomorrow. He's with you. So Jesus, raise our awareness. Raise our understanding that you are with us. And that we can embrace each and every moment because we're being embraced by Jesus in the moment. I speak against fear, I speak against worry, I call forth faith and hope and love. I call forth faith and hope and love of the people of God, that we would have faith. You've redeemed our past. We would carry hope for a future with you. We would love the life that you placed us into and the people who are around us. We love you, Jesus. We love this moment, the one you made just for us. May we fully embrace it. In your precious name, amen. Amen.